They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. What's up, Thomas? What's up, dude? Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of the Occult Book Club. We're here. Thomas is queer. And I'll probably edit that out because YouTube is striking people for saying words like that, dude. You could just throw in like a, a nice compliment right over the, <laughs> the word as you say it. So what's up, dude? How you been? How was your New Year's? How was your holiday season? When was the last time you and I got together? Well, we got together last night on an episode. Enough. The Book of Enoch. But we got together last night on the Patreon for a killer dopamine deep dive. If For the people missing out on the Patreon content, it's top tier. I mean, it's probably better or to par with the stuff that we put out. I mean, and, and our portfolio speaks for itself. It's a little bit less, uh, less structured, but also it's a little bit less censored, too. Yes, absolutely less censored. We do go hard in the paint, harder in the paint than we would publicly. Right, because it's occulted. Ooh, occult circles, <laughs> secrets. No, I'm serious. But check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash 101podcast. Paranoid American, if you want to see some conspiratities, as I call them, check out his Patreon. You'll you'll see not suitable for work art if you're into that type of stuff. So patreon.com slash paranoid American. Check him out and make sure to watch us on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash the 101podcast. And what am I missing? Yeah, Patreon. And thank you for everyone's support. Honestly, there's a lot of very generous listeners who they really go out of their way to support the show. So I want to give a special thank you to those people who are making this a reality and helping us keep the lights on. And here we are. We're going to be breaking down some of our the books that we've read this past year and books that we're probably going to be getting into for sure eventually on this show because this show is like a I do it when I want to type of thing right Thomas and I hang out da 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 it's like oh let's record a cold book club when I actually because we actually read the books we read them and sometimes it sucks but we do the hard work for you we're in the trenches for you and for those that are here they understand that but What's up, Thomas? Talk to me, dude. You're a little bit quiet. What's up, man? 
I'm just waiting, man, because I'm actually hype about this one more than <laughs> any so far. Because instead of just having to cover one particular book and getting into the grime and the details, we can just kind of do like a a smattering of you know different books that we picked up. Um, I'm, I've got a few that I revisited this year because of projects that I was working on uh, that I think that maybe I haven't even mentioned before that I want to suggest. So this will be this will be like a great occult version of reading Rainbow in a little bit. We should get an occult book book club version of that. Um, a little re. I, I looked into maybe making like a little <laughs> intro. I just I haven't had the time to dedicate to it yet. But I would love that. Like it, a little, the, the dude that did my paranoid American theme song. Yes. Maybe we can get someone to you know commission like a, a parody version of that. Yeah, that would like some hardcore grindcore version of it, like screamo. With a logo you can't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the? Well, is it the DMX reading rainbow version where the guy's like, it's, it's a real, it's been on social media before. It's like reading rainbow. And then it's a DMX going in. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. Anyways, I'm sure the listeners are, you're living under a rock. Yeah. Well, and are you wearing an Illuminati eye on your shirt, bro? It actually says, uh, don't trust anyone. You're not problem. helping us on the show, dude. People already think <laughs> that we're occultists and that we're part of the secret societies. And here you are wearing this attire. I'm not, not a good look for us, Thomas. That's all I'm going to say. All I right. Don't, you know, the, the more we go through all this, I'm starting to think you can, you can pay a fee uh, to whoever you want and get like a little membership card, right? But you're no more in a secret society or in the know of the occult uh, as if you just learn a bunch of shit and mm-hmm. just kind of start understanding it. Because it really, at a certain point, it's not between who's got a membership and what and what title and what degree you've hit. It's can I look at this symbol and decipher it or not? And that's a mm. very binary, like you either can or you can't, regardless of what fancy title or anything else that you kind of put on yourself. So I don't know. That's... Like, sure, yeah, if you want to think that you're in a secret society or someone else is in it, what really is just the determinant factor between those two of, like, what you know and the context that you can understand things through. Exactly. And that's why it's hard for me to talk about what I've read because there are some books I've read in their entirety and there are numerous articles that I've read in regards to articles and research papers, thesis papers, et cetera, you name it. And that's why, for me, if I had all that up throughout the entire year, plus all the books, the actual physical books, or even PDF copies of books, which I'm going to get into some of those today, and even physical books, too, that I have a bunch here. And I'll, and I'll start it right off, too, with, with the one that's really blown my mind as of lately. And we, I have an interview with him coming out this week. The, the most recent book that I've read was The Mysteries of the Great Cross of Hende Alchemy and the End of Time. And this is Jay Widener with Vincent Bridges. Now, Jay on my interview went hard in the paint. I mean, I, if I could highlight, and you're the one that actually showed me these little tabs too, bro. I, I really appreciate that. You're going to see a whole bunch of them in all the books that I hold up, yeah. Because it's they're amazing. Dollar store, man. Those dollar store things are the best. And I bought a bunch. So I'll go in and I'll, you know, I'll, I haven't done the color coding, but I'll go in and I'll highlight a bunch of them. And... Dude, this book was so heavy. I, I don't even... I told Jay, because I started this book in audio format, and I usually don't do that, but if I'm heavy with work, if I'm heavy on 
whatever I'm doing, if I got to mow the lawn or do chores around the house or something, I like to be able to cover some ground. I like to be efficient. So I'll pop in an audio book at the same time while just, and I'll take screenshots of the notes, right? I started with this book like that. Didn't work, bro. It was just, it's just so heavy. The the content. And you got to like keep stopping and making a note <laughs> and stopping and making a note. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, there was no way. And I told Jay that I said, dude, I started this as an audio book, which I usually don't do because of my comprehension as far as the retention of the information. Because there's something about the physical flipping through the pages. My wife makes fun of me because I smell the books. You know, you take a good whiff of it, right? It's, it's got a, this, it's this, <laughs> the smell of it. it. There's something about the experience of flipping through the pages, looking at it and all this stuff. And that's what happened I, with honestly, this book. I man. don't have that same nostalgia. I know a lot of people say that. And some people like, like the uncut bindings and all this stuff. Uh, I just find the physical books hard to work with. I feel bad about <laughs> marking them up. I wish every book that I had was just a digital copy, except for the one issue of that once it's digital you can't really ever trust the integrity of it unless it's like never touched you know online before and even to the point where you might have a digital version and think oh you know it's just digital i'll find another copy later and you lose track of it and then you try and grab it again you know a decade later all of a sudden you you notice like passages missing or like different translations and uh, and I just don't even want to be subjected to the whole Berenstain uh, Mandala effect. So uh, instead, you know, I like having those physical copies of the ones that I, I refer to the most. But but to be honest, I'm like the opposite of a purist. If everything I've got is a PDF, I'm not I'm not going to complain too much. Just know that when the apocalypse hits and the AI takes over, Thomas. You're not going to have access to any of that knowledge. Well, that's right. Yeah, and when the lights go out and the hurricane hits, you know, when he, once your Kindle battery runs out, you've got nothing Exactly, to do. and that ha- that actually happened to me with a book, and I'm going to pull it up now. It's, I thought I had a complete copy of it, right? I thought I had one, and this is the book. It's called John D. and the Empire of Angels, Enochian Magic and the Occult Roots of the Modern World by Jason Louvre. And I get a lot of questions of where to read, what to read as far as references for John D. Well, I have currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. On my desktop alone, I have fifteen. 16, You'll get around to them someday, every one of them. Oh, that's the thing. Here's another one. John D., scientist, geographer, astrologer, and secret agent to Elizabeth. This is another reference because I get all the time, oh, what, where, where can I read about John D.? Well, these are some of the books, and I'll post the ones that I remember in the in the description. But this in, this one in particular, dude, I thought I had a complete PDF version. I started to read it and everything that I started going in on it. And if you notice, this is an EPUB, so I had to actually buy a, a copy of it because the one that I had, bro, I didn't notice it skipped from like chapter one to chapter seven <laughs> out of nowhere. And here I am, I'm going through it, dude. I'm reading through it. I'm like, because I know the history of John D because I've read his actual biography, his original biography from 1909. And damn, this dude's jumping a lot. This guy jumped. Just a whole bunch. Because this is like another one of the books I'm just adding to the bibliography of my research on John D. And I'm like, damn. So whatever. I left it. And then I have I had a copy on Scribed. 
so I'm following along on Scribed as I'm li- uh, as I'm looking at on my version, right, my PDF version, and boom, I noticed that it skipped. I'm like, yo, what? It went from like chapter one to chapter seven. I didn't even notice. So you have to be very careful when it comes mm-hmm. to these sort of. Yeah, it's cool and I like it, and I read on my on my Galaxy Take tablet. Up so much room, man. I don't know if you've ever had to move before. Moving books is like one of the worst, especially you look around all your shit and then you're like, man, those four <laughs> or five or, you know, 10 or 12 uh, boxes are just straight books. Yeah, no. And I, and I agree. That's the thing. But let, let me finish this book. So the Great Cross of Hendai, I did an interview with Jay on it. And as soon as I came in, I said, I told him, I said, there's no way that we can cover all the topics that are in this book. That's how heavy and dense this book is. But essentially, it reveals to you it's about Falconelli, and it's the the gist of it is that the Great Cross of Hendai, which even Hitler, I don't know if we're allowed to say that on air, but Hitler visited this cross, and he allegedly met with a mysterious figure at this cross. And the long story short is that this cross is inscribed with a cipher that is pointing at an upcoming apocalypse. And a place that is supposed to be impervious to this apocalypse. So the I and and that and that's the thing. It plays into all these other conspiracies. Last night, you and I were going in on Epstein and Gislaine and how she had her submarines license. Well, we know that there is a place that's impenetrable. Who else used that word? Well, the Nazis used that word in World War II with Operation High Jump and how they had found an impenetrable fortress for the Fuhrer. So this idea that maybe, and I asked him, I said, dude, do you think it's an actual, because they point, they, they, they name a place in Peru of this, that, that they deciphered. They go hard in the paint, bro. And I go, dude, do you think that it's actually that physical place or is it some sort of metaphysical? Is there a portal at this place? Right. Is there a portal at this place where, you either take ayahuasca or peyote, whatever, some sort of psychedelic while you're at this place, and boom, a portal opens up. And we get into all that, bro. We get into all that on the interview. It's, it's crazy, just mind-blowing. And again, it goes into hardcore into alchemy, hardcore into Falconelli, and it's just dense, dude. And I, I, this book really just connected a lot of dots for me, and I learned a lot. And this is the this is the latest book that I've read. The book that I am reading right now is by Mike Cleland or Cleland. I, I don't know how to say his name. The Owls Synchronicities and Owl Synchronicities. Because I'm interviewing him this week. The name of the book is The Messengers, Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee. That's the book I'm currently almost done with. It's virtual, but that is what I'm reading at the moment for an interview because I do like to read people's books like cover to cover before I interview them. I don't like to. What a champ. Come on, bro. You got to take, you know what I'm saying? You got to take the whole thing. But this book just like threw me for when I did that. I was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) we got to do three or four episodes on. And he and he even Jay told me, he's like, this book is actually based off another book that he has. He has another book that he's written a bunch of books. He has another book that's, that this one is based on. And the reason I came across this book was because of homie Romy. He showed me this book, but I had showed him Vincent Bridges, which Vincent Bridges is a whole nother rabbit hole. And I have a couple of books that I read of his too. 
Angels in the DNA by Vincent Bridges and the Ophanic Revelation. Vincent, and Vincent Bridges was the world leader in Edward Kelly. He's an He was an esotericist in regards to Edward Kelly. And he's the one that goes hard in the paint on Enochian and all this other craziness. But yeah, dude, go ahead and fire one off because, yeah, this, this book blew my mind. I've got I've got more than one to fire off. I'll I'll go through them a little bit quicker though, because I've got I've got too many to uh to digest too far. So another book that I read, fine, I'll cover this one quickly. I'm not gonna say yeah. anything about this book, but another book I read, cover to cover. And hopefully nobody's lurking in the comments if you know what I mean. But another book that I read cover to cover was Genuflect. Tracy Twyman. Now if you want to look at the homunculus phenomenon or phenomena in a different light. Well, don't don't say too much, though, because I actually I got my own ah, copy ah. that I'm going to read for this year. But so don't give me. Too All much right. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to. No spoilers. No spoilers on this on this thing. It's just stuff that we've extracted from it. If you want to see if you want to look at reality quite literally reality in a different light read this book now understand it's a story but you and i last night were talking about how occultists would put stories in these books as a way of getting an as, as a way of getting real life events out into the public limelight without the repercussions so just keep that in mind well not just that too but but once you know how to state something in occult terms, it saves you an entire chapter of writing to just throw that little reference in there. Cause all the context that it usually yes. requires in order to understand that is it's like a whole other book or a whole other yes. library of material. Right. So Which, a lot of those occulted terms, it's not as much, I mean, you know, the definition is kind of up, up in debate in my mind because it's occulted only to those ignorant, right? If for those who don't have the eyes to see, it's occulted. But if if your eyes can see it, then it's not occulted. Which is, and I meant, and I referenced this on, on an episode coming up. The, the is that Mario popping out of the the little <laughs> sewer, with, getting the star, bro? It's uh -huh. the the star bathing ritual. Which again, yeah, dude. you got to understand that, that those it's another form of cryptography right where they it's alchemical language it's it's the language of the birds as falconelli said it's twilight language how michael hoffman says it's for the initiated now what i love about this book is that literally every single thing that happens as far as related to the occult and information you can quite literally look it up and it's a whole rabbit hole in itself so genuflect by tracy r twyman also Baphomet, the Mystery Temple Unveiled, and another book that I read cover to cover, Clock Shavings. Same. Ooh, we're going to have to blur that to Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let me write that timestamp down. Wow, okay. So... Yes. Like a little wand, or like a Nicolas Cage head on, gonna, on top of it. <laughs> I'm going to put my head on it. Okay. So, I'm, like, my note says tit at 18 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> so, this book, Clock 
shavings again tracy twyman and he goes hard in the paint not gonna spoil it for you i'm gonna i'm gonna go through some of the books that i've got coming up that i want to read then since since you already started with genuflect and i've got that one in front of me and uh look at thomas does this look familiar it's a pretty it's don't make me disconnect already hold on i've got my my hands full (laughs) it's already thick enough but i'm I'm looking forward to at least uh reading through this one because i've heard a lot about it yeah here i'll I'll go i'll go through some of the other ones that i want to go through early in this year this one's alchemically stone nice by pd newman and uh from what i understand it's basically a breakdown of how freemasons and maybe early alchemists were using the uh the bark from the acacia tree to extract dmt and they were using that to sort of understand you know these deeper concepts of philosophy so uh, this one, this one, I'm actually really excited to get into. Didn't you interview like that guy too? Masons. What's that? Didn't you interview him too? No, I mean, I've only interviewed one one person so far, and it was on uh, uh, serotonergic receptors, which I'll I don't have any books on because I can't afford them. But we'll get into those. <laughs> I got this one too that I'm excited about: the initiatory path and fairy tales, alchemical secrets of Mother Goose, uh, nice. Bernard Roger. And this one just kind of goes hard into into the origins of, you know, Pinocchio, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, all the original uh, Germanic and kind of folklore tales that we still repeat, you know, with Disney. Because uh, I, I started a couple different occult Disney podcasts this year. So I've been trying to get as much deep information as I can about the true origins of all the different stories that we kind of get bathed in growing up, right? And yeah. later form, you know, what, Project MK Ultra and Monarch Programming. <laughs> so I, I felt like I had to understand the original roots of some of that definitely definitely alchemical 100 percent. yeah and then i got i got a couple others here this is uh the autobiography by marina abramovic abramovic uh, abramovic the the spirit cooking lady yeah she uh, walked through walls and i've gotten a, f- a few of the chapters through a few different times but uh, it hasn't really grabbed my interest as much but i, I know i'm gonna finish it this year just because I want to get a little bit more insight from, you know, the spirit cooking chef herself. Yeah, that lady's sus, and she's definitely linked to to all the elites. And, I mean, use your imagination when it comes to that. I'm going to fire this one off. A lot of people ask me, because they know that I talk about Pythagoras a lot, where can I get more information on Pythagoras? Well, Pythagoras never actually wrote anything. All the works that we know of him is through Iamblichus. So this one, Iamblichus, Life of Pythagoras. It's a translation from Thomas Taylor. Thomas. How long is that one? This one is not that long. It is only 252 pages, but it's about his entire life, and it just goes in-depth on a various different things. And there's another one that I have. you going to read that one, or you read that one? I've already read that one. Yeah, worth it? a pain in the ass to read but i mean if you want to learn about pythagoras (laughs) then yeah i mean it's it's there let's see what i mean so i mean some of the books are like high recommendations maybe some aren't so i guess i'll I'll, as we cover ones that i think are worth getting i'll point those out otherwise you know take it or leave it american metaphysical religion esoteric and mystical tradition of the new world ronnie pontiac now i'm not going to get to read this entire thing by the time I interview him, but this is the guy that studied with Manly P. Hall for seven years. He was his he was his 
official substitute, lecture substitute in the PRS Society on Sundays, right? He had access to all of Manly P. Hall's books. He wrote bibliographies for him. He was married by Manly P. Hall, and I'm going to be interviewing him. So this is his latest book that just came out this month, American Metaphysical Religion. I've only skimmed through it, and that's all I'm going to have time for, but I've already found some stuff. I mean, I only have one thing marked. And also check out these fucking bookmarks, dog. Paranoid American. Oh, that's sexy. Look at that right there. Cult Book Club. You can get those if you order a Occultist Monday from the one on one podcast.com. That. Oh. As seen on YouTube. Here we go. So, yeah, I'm going to be interviewing this guy. I haven't gone through it, but I've taken like one note on it. He's like, we'll just cover something that you like in it and we'll talk about it. This dude is a wealth of information and when he talks bro he reminds me so much of manly p hall because he's got that rhetoric of the you just want to start cutting him checks yeah <laughs> well i mean it's just his the way he carries himself the tempo the the pauses the breath everything everything but yeah the rhetoric the rhetoric right so that one i'm gonna throw this one out as well it's by George Lewis Borges. I was just introduced to this this guy. And his work has blown my mind too. But Ficciones by George Lewis Borges. He was a famous Argentinian author. And this is a collection of various different stories. And these are the contents. So I've read a couple of these. I read The Library of Babel. I've read the 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 Aleph isn't on this one, but which other one did I read? The first one, the Tion, Ukbar, Orbis, Tetris, which is like a Illuminati type story about the secret society. And it's just a bunch of different books. Now, he's got a really interesting history because he writes almost like thought experiment. Thought. Is that how you say the 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 is it a thought experiment? The... Yeah, yeah, I immediately think of a modern version of um, Prometheus Rising by Robert Anton Wilson, but like mm. the book's broken up into exactly that, like little thought experiments, okay. or like little things that you put yourself through, and yes. like, a, like a change in perspective. And it's like you know, for the next hour, the next afternoon, go out and pretend you're a fucking rock, or you know, something <laughs> just like random. So but they're all meant to put you in a different mind state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this was tra- it's only 142 pages, and it's got a chronology there and in, in, in it as well but it's at the beginning but it was translated by are you getting feedback on my end no you're good the it was translated by him and this other guy but they, they worked hand in hand because he ended up becoming blind and he had severe insomnia and the stuff that he writes is really psychedelic like really psychedelic bro like crazy and and I'm not gonna spoil any for you because just read they're short stories, read the stories. And the the reason that he was able to write things like this of these particular concepts was because he had severe insomnia. So he was in this state of he was in the dream world all at the same time on the the living world, the the awake world, and he was able to write these crazy, crazy stories. So check him out, George Louis Borges, Ficciones. I want to read his stuff in Spanish because that I think that's the way it was meant to be read. But I got this I got this this week a couple of days ago. So, I just wanted to have a copy of it. 
All right, let's see. I, I got one for now for something completely different. This is uh, the Ku Klux Klan and Freemasonry <laughs> in 1920s America. Why would you Jersey. bring that up, bro? So this one is uh, because I was talking with Nate on Reality Stars, and he said that he's got like some familial background with the the Klan, I guess, and and I've got some knowledge on Freemasonry and. I think between our unique perspectives, there Isn't might be brown. There might be some actual connect. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there might actually be a connection though in um, between these two because in the early 1920s, the the Ku Klux Klan was actually starting to become one of the only all American and most secret societies outside of Freemasonry, which kind of came from you know those dirty Europeans. So the the Americans were thinking like, well, we want our own you know American secret society and that's kind of where a lot of the origin of the clan sort of originated from so the uh this book right here is actually based on a thesis paper by some you know some guy that was going for his phd in this particular topic but it, it's such a niche little area and man how often do i come across an um like a a pike reference right someone will be mentioning how albert pike worked for the confederates and then there'll be some kind of like really racist editorial note from Albert Pike. So there's no question at all that the origins of Scottish Rite and Freemasonry in America were like completely rooted in just the national racism that existed. But I'm really curious on how deep that rabbit hole really goes Mm. because it's a, it's a major point of contention that still kind of echoes today. So anyways, highly spicy, I'm sure. Uh, But that one I'm, I've been looking forward to, uh, the reading it's kind of a thin one interesting pick there digging, thomas digging up some skeletons some american skeletons for sure on that one i'm gonna throw this one out I'm, i haven't started it i've only read a few pages of it the dark lord hp lovecraft kenneth grant and the typhonian tradition in magic by peter lavenda nice yeah start i i, I only a few pages got in a page in <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that title page. A page, yeah, a page. <laughs> one that I'm it was in. The best title page you've seen in a while, <laughs> I'm sure. Though one of the ones I'm reading right now, which I'm taking notes and I'm reading it on my tablet. Another Peter Lavenda. I am going to be covering the Merkaba. Nice, that's a good one. Stairway to Heaven, Chinese Alchemist, Jewish Kabbalist, and the Art of Spiritual Transformation by Peter Lavenda. Very questionable figure, but dude mind-blowing information in here i'm like wow the entire time so interesting read i would check it out it's all about the yeah, different... i've got an og one this one's actually not easy to come across a physical copy of anymore this is a. Uh, it doesn't even want to focus in on it but this uh, is michelle remembers which is do you have the yeah. little screen flip the little screen on you could tap to I, I don't have it all set up like that oh <laughs> Damn, they don't even want us to see. Michelle Remembers is a uh, the book that kind of triggered the satanic panic, essentially. Like the whole concept of satanic ritual abuse sort of started with this particular this book here, Michelle Remembers, and then like a predecessor to that one is uh, is this guy here. So I put my hand in front of it. This is not going well. This is called the Todd phenomenon. Oh, the book is called The Todd Phenomenon? There you go. There you go. You almost got it, bro. You there almost go. got it. <laughs> it's, 
and the the full title and then this was one that i referred to a few times this year in a couple of different podcasts and research but the full title is the todd phenomenon x grand druid versus the illuminati fact or fantasy and uh he he basically claimed that he was raised in a coven of witches that that had direct lineage to black nobility and the bavarian illuminati and that he was trained in all the dark arts and that he kind of like branched off and broke away from them and this guy actually joins um jack t chick in later years of, of you know chick track pamphlets and he's the one that informed jack t chick of a whole lot of kind of illuminati specific and uh, occult pagan you know evil ritual sort of information a lot of that came from this guy here so when this, you, this is like a, a super classic one too. When you say black nobility, are we talking about African Americans or like what is that? What is it? What is black nobility? nobility black nobility mean? was kind of like uh, like to oversimplify it. The Bavarian Illuminati was in Austria in you know the late 1700s. Black nobility refers to a similar concept, but to like the Italian uh, royal sort of merchants of Venice and in the area that also kind of had like a complete stranglehold over geopolitical decisions just because, you know, they were the merchants and they, they controlled access to trading and ports and natural resources. So the black nobility, at least in, in that kind of context is kind of claimed as being one of those like prototypical secret societies that actually runs the world behind the Kings that are just kind of the faces of it, at least in, you know, modern sort of medieval times. Like the black Pope type of thing in the background shadow figures right something like that so here and then to do my to do my due diligence too i've been this is kind of like a uh a a skeptical book on the satanic panic saying that everything that was reported through the satanic panic was just an absolute fabrication that was created by psychiatrists and false memory syndrome and that it was just absolutely a national-wide panic rooted in superstition and almost nothing more than that although i don't really agree with that um summary and i, I mean i've taken you know i've got my my notes here but i've taken a lot of freaking notes in this book in particular uh just to kind of cover my bases because i think some of the claims that i want to make in one of my upcoming books is that the satanic panic was rooted at least as far back as the early 1800s uh, and there was almost no gap at all between the Salem witch trials in the 1980s. It seems like such a far, you know, uh, gap in time. But really, there's instances every single decade of someone that's that's going crazy and, and going into a panic because they think Satan took over their town or their kid or, you know, entire region. So, um, yeah, so, so I did that one. And then also Satan in America is very similar. Uh, where it just covers like the satanic panic specifically of like the 80s and the 90s uh, i want to say that almost none of the books that i've covered so far get into the concept of um serial killers which i think has like a huge overlap between satanic panic and serial killers i think they're they might even be the glue between sort of like the early 1900s and the later 1900s another book that i've read cover to cover LSD, The Wonder Child, The Age, the go. Golden Age of Psychedelic Research in the 1950s by Thomas Hatzis. He has been on the podcast before. He has not been on for this one, but I did read this book cover to cover a while ago. And it was supposed to be for an interview for that, but then things got complicated. So I started reading through it again a second time and I haven't gotten through it. But 
that's also a very good book. It breaks down the entire history of LSD, the development of that from the witch trials and on. So he, he gets into the witch trials and everything on that book as well. And then another one that I want to point out for just for references to different things. One that I enjoy, The Great Wizards of Antiquity, The Dawn of Western Magic and Alchemy by this guy, guy Ogilvy. And it's just literally a whole bunch of different people in history that have been talked about as having powers. You have Jabir bin Hayyan in here. You have... No, the, the, the homunculus is going to make himself known no matter what. You have Zosimos in here. Yeah, okay. You have Orpheus. You have Paracelsus. You have a whole bunch of different characters in here. And I've only taken it for... You have Pythagoras, of course. You have the Pythia. Yeah, and, and speaking of Paracelsus, this is the uh, the book that introduced uh, me to him a while ago right here. You can see I've got the same amount of notes as usual in most of my books. But highly recommended this one. It's it's not an, the easiest read in the world for sure. What, and what's that about, dude? Selected right. Also, it's about his different writings, like so, like the Natura Rerum and all that, all that good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So it it basically here's here's the. All right. Cool. Man yeah. of the created yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Man Creation of the body. Okay. Awesome. Another one that I haven't gotten into, but I do want to get into is the magic circle of Rudolf the second alchemy and astrology in Renaissance Prague. And now I know a little bit about Rudolf the second, because again, I was blood relative, right? Blood relative of, yeah, you're, you're a blood relative, aren't you? No. I was doing research on John D and Edward Kelly. And obviously they went to Prague to tell Rudolph the second that he was demonically possessed and that he needed to turn his ways around. Also he was going to die because the angels told him so. So um, I'm familiar with his story and he's the one that had the cabinet of curiosities for, cause he collect, he collected, <laughs> he collected the little people because he believed that, they were magical. He had an army of little people. Of this is Rudolph the second. Rudolph the second, yes, and I think Tycho Brahe was in there too. I think he was in that circle as well, which is another. I think were you on that episode that we did on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went hard on that one on the Patreon. So I'm a little bit familiar, but so I, I want to read this book and get into that. But yeah, just another one of the reading list of so the endless reading list. All right, here, here's one that no one's got. I guarantee it, because I, I got I bought this one such a long time ago, but uh, until recently, until maybe this year, I started getting more into like world history and branching outside of just being a paranoid American. And now I'm more of like a paranoid global citizen a little bit. But this one right here called the Venetti, the first builders of the European community, and would it pot and uh, yeah, it's by these guys down here. And and just to show you how OG this book is, I got this in like. 2006 with a letter directly from the author that was kind of hyping it up uh just trust me um but basically the concept here is that the the book takes the premise that almost everything that we know about modern western civilization comes from the greeks and the germans and the romans essentially but that the slovenian people and the slavic people uh, were actually at the heart of the venetian culture and and to venice or like to to ancient Rome, Venice was almost like um, or ancient Italy, 
Venice was almost like how Carthage was to ancient Phoenicia. So, so whoever actually was at the heart of the Venetian people and those mercantile traders actually has a lot more impact on worldwide history. And I guess based on this book, the, uh, the Slovenian people were kind of at the heart of that, but all the credit has since been given to, you know, Italians and Germans and just everyone but the, the Slavs. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So, I don't know, I'm excited to read this one because I'm, my, uh, my last name is actually Slovenian, uh, so it comes from this exact region. So I might be a little bit biased in wanting to, uh, to take a little bit of ownership over Western civilization. Or so, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's a, a stain on my, on my profile. So you want to talk about books that nobody has? Well, I guarantee nobody has this book right here. The Ritual of Higher Magic by Fears Morish. And I paid... I want you to see the condition that this book's in because I paid... Let's see if it'll zoom in. I paid $250 for this book. Look at that. Look at that. Look at, that. Look at how the... The spine is separating. <laughs> Look at that. Paid two hundred and fifty dollars for this thing, right? So it's, it, it's on you though to like scan that puppy and put it online so no, someone else can read it, no, right? No, no, I'm not scanning, I'm not scanning <laughs> shit. But this this book, right? And of course, the guy's name is Thomas, the one that had it before me. And what ended up happening was I got this book because of my research on on Pythagorean palaces. And when I stumbled across this book, so I've, I've read various parts of it. It's not very long, but one of the things that I came across, which I thought was really nice, and, and it, it's very theosophical, very dualistic that, you know, there's a, a magical battle in the higher dimensions and how you're able to tap into that. As there are, yeah, yeah. Shape of thought forms. It gets, it gets deep, it goes deep. But one of the things that I really, found fascinating was that the guy that had it took copious notes in this book and there's like <laughs> that's pretty dope there's different diagrams like that wait wait what is the note this is fake <laughs> no so check it out bro so he did he did the he's got churchill hitler roosevelt stalin jojo and some other guys so like world leaders of like world war ii i guess or something the year that they were born their age when they died i guess years in He's office birth charts on these dudes huh? bro he was doing and they all add up they all add up to the same number dude three is the number that they all add up to so he breaks it all down you see that he breaks it all down they all add up to three eight 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 so Again, I don't know what it. I don't know what it means, dude. I haven't because some of the stuff I can't. So it says fake. These sums will always come out the same. These aren't different numbers under each name. They are one number divided differently. Increase one, decrease the other. Sum is the same. And I can't read his cursive handwriting, but he was doing. He was going hard in the paint, bro. Because this book. I want to read that dude's book. Yeah. So again, I don't know what sort of which. So it's got here a difference between angel and man, sources of knowledge, occultism, doctrine, man, the battlefield of good and evil, that's chapter three. And <clears throat> it talks about the the 
the use of rituals, the use of masses, what they're supposed to, what they're supposed to invoke, how they're supposed to be used, dark rituals and their outcomes. So I guess it's like some like darker magic type of stuff. I'm just going to read something real quick because I've only done this on like Patreon, like behind paywalls. I've only covered this thing, but I'm going to read one thing of the, so, and I know it's probably going to resonate with you, Thomas, the occult temple of Freemasonry. Okay. And it's got uh, the stages and Masonic ritual. And I've been told that if it's written in a book, it doesn't matter because I can say it. Plus, I'm not in a Freemasonic order. So from what I've understood of you guys that are in these secret societies, you guys can't just you can't talk about what's told to you orally. Right. Okay, so that's that's our answer right there. But the stages and Masonic ritual got the procession and then opening of the lodge. And he talks about how. It would seem that in Freemasonry, the non-human beings summoned by the ritual are those which play in and through the human aura. And thus the atmosphere of a lodge considerably depends on the nature and temperaments of the humans who take part in its working. And it's talking about psychic, psychic edifices, the site of the lodge at work, seen by those who claim to possess extended sight. So it's got clairvoyance and all this craziness in here. But point being that this guy has a very interesting history this fears moorish guy he started out as a infantryman or something like that and he started writing about occultism so he's got like a weird history but yeah i promise you nobody has this book because it took me forever to find it and when i did i didn't i didn't know it was this messed up and i paid 250 dollars for this book so i'm gonna pull out another book that I think it's worth it based on the, the notes alone, which might hurt the resale value. But I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that's like two books in one. No, another book that nobody has. And I've driven the price up by talking about it on different on different shows. It went from $80 to like $450 at one point. But I go Pythagorean Palaces by G.L. Hersey. I do have all his books. I bought all his books because I think that his books are. I'm going to go on a limb and say that they're grimoires. They're written in code because it reads very much like a Pythagorean palace uh, magic and architecture in the Renaissance era. So it talks about this architecture, how there is a cultist scaffolding, how the, the architect is a magician. I've also read architect as magician too for episode 119 for Dr. Golly, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. I forgot his name, but he wrote the the architect as magician. And this is what the, this gets into, that these buildings are used as talismans, but only the initiated are able to see this occult scaffolding, similar to how in the ritual of higher magic, only certain people are able to see these non-human entities circling inside of these buildings and these inside of these lodges, etc., whatever you want to call it. But there's just weird language in here because it is an architect, an architecture book, but it just has... I think it's in code, encoded in some which way. And that's one I promise nobody has. You can try and look it up. It's probably 400 bucks right now. But yeah, Pythagorean palaces. And I've done a whole presentation on that whole concept because I think it goes hard in the paint. Well, here, speaking of magic, this is one that I was excited about. And it's it was okay. I'll give it like a, a 5 out of 10. But this is a, the Magical Knowledge Trilogy, Foundations the initiate contacts of the adepts by uh, Joseph E. McCarthy. And it's a, it's a pretty thick one. I, I took a decent amount of notes 
Um, but uh, yeah, it was like a little over 700 pages, and it and it makes some really good sort of like summarized um, oversimplifications of how magic works, what ritual is. One of the the cool takeaways that I got from it was that a ritual is kind of simply repeating the same act over and over. And that each time you do that, I kind of likened it to how Tesla discussed sort of what he called like infinite energy, where you would shoot energy up to the ionosphere and then it would come back and you would reverberate that and send it back with even more force, almost like someone jumping on a trampoline over and over where you see like all their friends jump Mm -hmm. each time, like they get down and each time they get higher and higher because they're transferring their energy and like sending up a little bit higher. So, so the author kind of describes magic ritual as in in my words i'm putting this as the analogy of like this energy that just keeps getting stronger so if a certain ritual happens in a certain place and then someone revisits it thousands of years later it's not like uh it it just completely ceased to exist that next time you do it it's like you're in the middle of that that trampoline and you're jumping up and down so you could actually elevate the power of like a certain kind of magic ritual or any kind of magical thinking once you go into a place where it's already occurred before. Like, that's kind of like the theory mm. of magic rituals. So I, I thought that was really interesting because it also denotes that it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. If you just go through the same ritual that's been established before you, you in fact are kind of perpetuating like that impact of energy on that area over and over. So it might go from a religious ritual into a secular ritual into like oh that's just the way that you know my dad did it and his dad did it Mm -hmm. so that's just how we do it uh that itself could just be modern day rituals over and over and over again that are kind of repeating like magical processions that meant something so that was it was a cool takeaway but it's probably not worth reading 700 plus pages uh to get through it all but it was a nice introduction nice yeah energy cannot be created nor destroyed it can only be transformed so absolutely by harnessing that and that plays into my research right now of Al Kindi and the rays of the celestial rays. Another George L. Hersey book that I referenced. I skimmed through it. It's a quick read. Promise nobody has this book either. Artificial humans from Pygmalion to the present falling in love with statues. And this goes through the entire history of artificial creation from the ancient Egyptians all the way to the modern Prometheus, which is Frankenstein, and a little bit after. And there's the homunculus is covered in here. You have automata. You have a whole bunch of different things in here in regards to how people... It goes into the AI, the primacy of artificial humans. And it's got right here in the second part of Faust, 1832, Goethe, who had read Paracelsus on how to create homunculi. Look at that. Homunculi. Dramatizes the creation of artificial life. Faust assistant Wagner, Wagner, whatever, however you want to say, Wagner, is busy discovering the secret. Then having finally created a living homunculus in a test tube, he says to Mephistopheles, who enters at this moment, the ancient form of uh, procreation. We now declare a pointless joke. If animals still find it fun, man with his high qualities must purify his origin. And that's from Faust. But yeah, it's got the whole history. Well, well, and that's nuts too, because in my my tracing of Satanic Panic in America, Faust is like the epicenter of the early 1900s, specifically of where Satan enters Hollywood. Yes. Because there was a number, and when I say a number, there was like, you know, 
bet- between five at a minimum and 10 at the upper end between like 1880 and 1900 that all focused on Mephistopheles, Mephisto and Faust, mm-hmm. um, which, which Faust was the guy that makes the deal. And then yep. the devil's represented by Mephistopheles, which is just shortened to, to Mephisto. But this series of movies by a whole bunch of different directors, including Thomas Edison, by the way, Thomas Alva Edison, inventor of the light bulb, his like the very first introduction of Satan by an American director in America was Thomas Edison. But 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 Faust is essentially that glue that binds, you know, the 1800s and the 1900s with the concept of like this popularized Satan. Does this one look familiar to you, bro? <laughs> Come on. Dude. I don't actually have that one. Come on. Does it look familiar? I've got no. I've got no idea what you're. Bro, talking. it's <laughs> Lumpkin. This is Lumpkin. His his pen name, Ann Burton. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. Fifth Estate <laughs> Publishing Company. That's his publishing company, Alabama. He, he, dro- he dropped the bomb. He that, dropped. Uh, that's, that's yeah. The bomb. He dropped the bomb on the show. Go check that book out. The Occult Book it's Club. A, it's a smart idea too. To to kind of put all your astrology and numerology and a little bit more of the woo woo, uh, into that, into that market. Definitely. Definitely woo woo. I mean, he goes hard in the paint. I just, I've skimmed through it. I haven't read it yet, but he breaks it down, bro. He breaks it down and it goes hard in the paint. So numerology. Let's do some more ones that no one, that no one's got. I'm sure. (laughs) So this one's who was Jack Ruby. And it was written by, um, we're not allowed to talk about this one, apparently. Oh, nice. This one is uh, is written by one of the news reporters that was in charge of interviewing JFK and some of like, you know, he was going to cover just the regular parade before the um, the assassination happened. So he ends up losing his job because he's looking a little bit too close into it. You know, his bosses are like, you know, give this thing up and go cover the, the cat caught in the tree. And he figures that this this backstory of Jack Ruby mm. is actually a little bit more important than that. <laughs> you can't yeah, say dude, that. They don't want us to know about it. Uh, but yeah, he, he covers the Warren Commission. He covers J. Edgar Hoover's role. Um, and uh, and this one's is directly related, believe it or not, <laughs> at least the way that I'm reading it, into uh, a series of books on voodoo. Because there was some ties between um, Lee Harvey Oswald, Jack Ruby and, and Haiti in a, in sort of a meandering path that we won't get into right now, but this one right here is called born of blood and fire. And this one is basically, here we go. The origins and evolutions and practices of the Haitian um, rights. And this one kind of covers the origins of a lot of voodoo practices. And there was another, uh, set of books here too i can't remember the name of this one. Oh yeah this one is a uh, geosophia the argo of magic this is a, a two-set series that goes into ancient minoan cultures and ancient greek cultures and um, a lot of the magic that gets passed on i believe from phoenicia sort of into those you know the different like foundation of our current culture and I want to point out that we're putting out a lot of books right now. Some of them are references. Some of them are things that I've read cover to cover. But 
for those that are really interested and in, because I get this question a lot, like, oh, what should I read? What where should I get started? Da, 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 this and that. Well, if you want, it, it depends. If you want to start reading about the occult or any esoteric topic, I would start with the Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall, and then anything anything from there. If you don't like that, just know that everything else is just esoteric. So what esoteric means is specialized. So anything out of that book. Any other form of magic or alchemy or whatever is going to be esotericism. So it's going to be specified on the same broad topic, but more specific. So in alchemy, you have Zosimos or you have Paracelsus. Well, it's still alchemy, but you're just going to be in a more specified area of that person or that topic, if that makes sense. So I would start off with that. If you don't like that, then I don't know what to tell you, but... I get the question all the time. Oh, where should I start? Well, start with that. Get your, you know, just put the tip in. And if you like it, then you keep going. But if you don't, then I don't know what to say. But you can't be helped if you don't find a single topic in there. Because really, it, it covers music, art, mythology, history. So if, if none of those topics interest you, then, yeah, there's nothing in it for you. Um, but I would hope that that's not the case. Yeah, let me pull up here some books that I've read on my on my tablet okay while you do that this is one that uh i was on tinfoil hat talking about uh occult disney at first uh, that was earlier in like february of last year and a lot of the more salacious details come from this book right here walt disney hollywood's dark prince by uh mark Elliott. oh yeah they don't want me to tell you about this one the but... dark prince bro every time you mention the dark prince but it, it it gets pretty deep into sort of his views on Hollywood at the time, you know, the, the Hollywood industry, um, sort of his prejudices and, and racism, but also how the FBI manipulated him because they, they convinced him that his dad was like, um, had like Royal blood in Spain. So it was it just kind of interesting because the whole Disney archetype is always about this princess that gets, kidnapped from her you know royal family and gets forced to work with like evil stepmothers and stepsisters isn't that like an archetype though well well well, the fbi uses this against him and they basically tell him that your dad was you know a rich uh royal like spanish king and you descend from like this royal bloodline and that the family you're with now is not your actual dad and, and that mean guy that beats you and is mean to you that's not your real dad you were kidnapped from you know a castle in spain i mean that's that's an oversimplification <laughs> of it but but they use this in order to get some leverage and they say we'll help you reconnect with your your original family bloodline if you help us root out these commies in you know the animation world within hollywood yeah so and and that's i mean the back of this book um you know it, this is exactly what they're talking about here so where it says walt disney sac contact los angeles field division so this this ends up being like a primary elements of this book here interesting highly recommended if you're interested in in any of that some other miscellaneous uh, titles the secret of the golden flower Uh, that's for about the little golden man homunculus related i'm in the middle of the glass bead game i have here let's see the gates of the necronomicon by simon that's also a peter lavenda book Promethean Ambitions, Alchemy and the Quest for Perfect Nature. I have the Kabbalion. The, I have this other book. I'm not going to say the name, though, because it's kind of, kind of messed up. My gut taken off. 
the <laughs> tubes. But yeah, we have here decoding astronomy and art and architecture. Because I went on this little like architecture run. The Evolution of Allure by George L. Hersey. The Book of Werewolves. We did the Book of Werewolves. We have The Tree of Life, A Study in Magic by Israel Regardi. Simulacra and Simulation by John Baldriard. John Dee's Five Books of Mystery, Original Source of Enochian Magic. So it's uh, John Dee's Magical Journals. We have... Did you read any 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 fictional stuff, bro? I don't think so, no, man. No? I mean, some comic books. <laughs> I've got a, a handload of comic books, but none of them are like occult comic books. My John D books that I read, The Life of John D. D and Kelly by Casabon. The Orphic Revelation, The Private Diary of Dr. John D. Deborah E. Harkness, John D.'s Conversations with Angels, Kabbalah, Alchemy, and the End of Nature. We have The Hieroglyphic Monad by John D. Don't bother. It's the most obscure piece of writing ever written in the history of ever. It is an alchemical book written in cryptic language, so don't even bother. Damn, Thomas, they're messing with your... With your I think my camera was just on too long last night. We were going too hard in the paint and it like overheated or something. No, you need to put the setting where it doesn't overheat. So I don't know if you if you put that setting on or not. Do you have that setting on? I, th I think even that I overheated that setting. Dang. <laughs> so we have the Enochian evocations of Dr. John D. A whole bunch of John D stuff for a while. The complete Enochian dictionary. Cornelius Agrippa, the three books of occult philosophy. We have. We just list. We're just reading out lists of titles of books now, or what? Yeah, books that I got into that I, some I finished, some I didn't. I'm just going. Yeah, I'm going to limit myself to just five more instead of going through just like a nonstop list. Fucking, <laughs> which I, I don't know if anyone's even like writing all these down as you go through them. But here. It's fine. It's fine. The, this one I, I reference pretty much the most, especially when Gabe's on and we get into like uh, gamatria and numerology. <laughs> But this, I, I, I can't ever not, um, you know, pick this one up and refer to it in one of these talks. So this one, I'm always going to keep a physical copy of uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Ancient Cosmology and Early Christian Symbolism. And the reason why I like this one so much uh, is because it it uh, shows all these these dope sort of like geometric patterns and, and math equations. But it basically resolves the names of all these ancient gods into formulas and it overlays these formulas. Here's here's your monad, your favorite. Mm -hmm. And here it is kind of like evolving in complexity as you go over time. And you can recognize all these different shapes. And basically, um, this is just stitching together that the entire Bible is just encoded formulas, uh, like mathematical formulas that are describing the stories of how to like replicate and how to you know it's basically alchemy and and this kind of acts as a little bit of a guide on on how to decipher some of that damn bro they said shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> so books that we read to th this was that this year the anesthetic revelation the gist of philosophy was that this year that we read that yeah yeah that was earlier this year we have that one we have the initiates of the flame we have the Occult Anatomy of Man. These are just miscellaneous books I've read here and there. And a ton of... A ton of... Oh, The Moonwalking with Einstein, too. For those that want to learn about the the Mind Palaces, that's also a really good book. Illuminatus Volume 1, The Eye of the Pyramid. 
Got a whole bunch of different books. Transcendental Magic by Eliphas Levi, Prometheus Rising, all these stuff. Sex and Rockets and the Occult World of. Uh, that's the Jack Parsons book. If you want to learn about Jack Parsons, I did an episode on him. Yeah, a whole bunch of books. Uh, David Icke, The Perception Deception. I started that one, haven't gone through it. I actually uh, read a few David Icke books this year, trying to get to the origin of specifically how adrenochrome relates to uh, the reptilians, in his opinion. So that was, that was interesting because, I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of his videos over the last 10 plus years, but I hadn't read a lot of his material in his own words. The Damned, bro. Remember that book? La, La, Bla, La Blas? That, that was the oh, yeah. one about the witchcraft and all that stuff. Falcon of the Mystery of the Cathedrals. And yeah, I just have a whole bunch of books here that I've read. And I think for this year, I want to focus on... We have one title that we're going to do on the next episode of this. And then another title after that. So we have two books already that we are focusing on as far don't as... Leak, don't leak the name of that yet. We can't because nobody, nobody's talked about it. <laughs> no one knows f- about this one. We'll be the first one to talk about it. So yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think that's pretty much it. I have so many books in here. I just can't go through them all, but yeah i've got i've got uh i've got two more and and honestly these are probably books only i care about but this one is uh psychiatry and the cia victims of mind control which has um by harvey weinstein md Mm. this just has some clinical accounts of all of the different studies that mk ultra actually funded and helped facilitate between the 1960s and 70s not not the fun like remote control of animals and you know doing all of like the Ewan Cameron uh repetition programming all that that's in here but it also goes into some of like the the more mundane ones where people just got sick and got cancer and died and there's just so many examples of it and all the different lawsuits so that this was actually instrumental in my MK Ultra pamphlet um, nice. And a lot of like the the historical, like actually like fact based information came from this one. And then it also, I wish I had the cover to this one. I don't know if you can pull up the the cover to the mind manipulators. It's it's the coolest looking cover, but I don't have the the jacket for it. But mind manipulators is a very similar thing. It's a book that covers the actual studies behind MK Ultra. And yeah, the the cover almost looks like a like a Frankenstein mixed with an alien. It's it's really weird. It reminds me of uh, the movie The Lost Planet a little bit. You said the mind controllers, mind manipulators. Let's see what year this is. It's got like it a signed by the author, like a dude whatever, on the front of it. Worth. Yeah, yeah. 134 bucks bro yeah and honestly you were saying before books that you bought that that shot up yeah that's the dust cover that i haven't been able to find yet but i also found that this book here called electromagnetic mind control factor fiction uh it's the tiniest little book i mean i think it's like 40 to 70 pages max and this one now is like over 200 dollars on amazon i think and it's all like marked up i've got my notes uh all throughout it uh, but this one actually came became relevant a few times in a different podcast we did this year so and i guess i'm running the show now so we're gonna start going into uh okay (laughs) never mind so yeah i I, the rest of the books that i have are pdf i'm gonna point out some we were about to go triple x but you came back in so i'm gonna point out some some 
fictional books that I enjoyed. The Hyperion Cantos. Fictional. Yeah, I've only read the first one by Dan Simmons, Hyperion. It's a sci-fi. I like sci-fi, bro. It's it's a it's four different books, and I don't know if it's like the Dungeons and Dragons nerd in me that likes this sort of sci-fi, alien, other worlds type of thing. But yeah, that that one's a good one, Hyperion. I gotta say, man, I, I struggle with fiction because once I get a couple hours into it, I can't get rid of this thought that just starts creeping in the back of my head. That's like you could have been using this time to learn about something real, Dude. and I know that, and and I don't want to feel like like gatekeeping between like nonfiction and fiction and real and not real because we're all describing the the human experience at a certain point. But also, I look over at you know, like for example, I look over at a book this fucking big that could knock you out about Aleister Crowley in America uh, and just it's like almost a thousand pages on just his adventures through America and once I get an hour into a movie or two hours into a fiction book um, I can't stop thinking about all these other books that I feel you know like has a historical perspective and I guess what makes that sort of thing interesting to me is that you could just walk I mean (laughs) I guess at a really boring party but you could go into a party and actually talk about historical people or find like a community talking about historical people, just like you can find a community that'll talk about fan fiction and Harry Potter and, you know, Tolkien all day. But for whatever reason, that latter just doesn't hold my interest anywhere near as much as talking about alchemy and homunculi and, you know, other just kind of like things that might entirely be fictional, but there's a historical accounts of them. I thought I was the only one that experienced that. This is another really good book, too. I read this here, A True Tale of Mathematics, Mysticism, and the Quest to Understand the Universe, Descartes' Secret Notebook. Very, very... I couldn't put this Sounds book down. Sounds like it down. was written directly for you. Yeah I, yeah, I could not put this book down as soon as I picked it up. It's that crazy. It's, it goes through the life of Descartes, and then at the end of his life, he had left this cryptic notebook that Leibniz, the guy who invented binary code, came all the way from somewhere else to find it and decode it and supposedly he decoded it and they talk about it in the book so check that out really cool and so what's, I, your, what's your take on Descartes as far as was he well let's start was he a real person yeah so he, he wasn't an amalgamation of different people no. it was an actual one single person I think it was a real person okay and did he come up with these ideas either through his own like self revelations and his own studies or were they passed directly to him from some other order or some, you know, ancient society or. Yeah. I think that's the part because the origins that they, that they talk about in any of his biographies or any of the, the art, the artificial, it is artificial history, but the official history is, is bullshit. The idea that he came up with the Cartesian coordinate system, laying in his bed because he liked to sleep in, laying in his bed, he wanted to tell where that fly was on the wall. It's X, X3, 5Y, whatever. That's a load of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, one of the most profound discoveries of his lifetime and that is still being used even today because the Cartesian coordinate system is at the core of literally everything, any 3d modeling program, any, any uh, analytical geometry, any mathematical system, this, this system that he created is at the core of that. So, so where did you think it came from? 
I don't want to say some sort of divine inspiration, but some divine inspiration. I think that I think a lot of the ideas that we attribute today, and that's why I say that science seance is just another form of magic. And I think that with this whole thing that I've been talking about as of lately, where I've been talking about like this mind virus that's taking over everybody. And I talked about it last night briefly where I came across this movie that literally has covered almost every single topic that I've ever covered on my podcast. Me thinking that I'm original. Well, what if we're all being orchestrated and we're all being led to the same area? And maybe that little voice in your head that you have that go, hey, you could have used this time to study X, Y, Z. I have that little voice too in the back of my head, bro exactly if I'm, and then you're like shut up nick cage is on the screen <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like i always think about that too and that's why but at the same time it's like don't get too lost in the sauce don't i forgot who told me i think it was nick hinton he said don't be busy reading too many books and forget to write your own right because like we get lost in the sauce when it comes to all this shit and at the same time what are we doing with all this knowledge maybe but I, but I also like let's say you write that book and then you read another you know, a couple years worth of material, all that material would completely change your perspective on what you just wrote. It gives you more context. So there's like this catch 22 of like, when do you stop learning long enough to teach? Because as soon as you start learning again, you realize that whatever you thought you knew was, you know, like you're, you're an even bigger idiot than you started as. No, and I, and I, so get I don't know. I, I don't know if, if everyone needs to write a book, but, um, but I definitely do, and I want you to buy all my books that I put out, and uh, including <laughs> here's here's the big one of last year. Nice. This is the modern American Lovecraft coloring book, uh, and uh, it's it actually starts out with a nice little Lovecraftian sort of short story in the uh, in the title pages here, but then it gets into some pretty badass Lovecraftian shots here here we go and snake god let, let's plug it bro let's plug the so we do have a kickstarter coming up for issue two we're not going to launch it until we have a bunch of people signed up for the kickstarter we'll, we'll put the link in the description and also we're going to be coming out with a homunculus pamphlet very soon a paranoid american style if you haven't checked out his mk ultra pamphlet i don't know if you want to pull that up thomas if you have one there with the MK, I don't have one on me. The MK, hold on, I'll, I'll flash mine. We have the MK oh, Ultra yeah. pamphlet here. We're gonna be doing one just like this with the entire history of the homunculus, like this, with the entire history of the homunculus. So that'll be out soon, and we're currently the artist is already working on it. So yep, yeah, it's in the works as of this weekend. Yeah, once that gets out, that'll be out as well. So keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'll plug it on the social media. Make sure to follow me on social media at the one one podcast on Instagram. Instagram is my main jam. I'm on there always. You can hit me up on there. I'll write back to you if you're not a creep. But yeah, follow me on there to keep up with the show. I, I post a lot of things, new episodes, whatever it may be. And also free, free stickers for dick pics is what I heard. <laughs> no, no free stickers for dick pics. No. Uh, so yeah, follow me on there. And then uh, Thomas has parent at parent American on Instagram. Yep, same as well. thing. Instagram is, is the only social media that I tend to pay attention to at paranoid American. And you can find all the books and, and actually I was even considering about maybe opening up like a use the cult book section of my site to just start 
putting all the books that I've I've read that other people might want to have access to and not have to buy them off Amazon or eBay or something. So I might maybe I'll throw that idea around later this year too. Yeah, I was looking at buying a a book scanner, but it's just too many things, dude. Too many things at the same time. <laughs> not enough time. I eventually want to do this for a living. I want to if I could just create content and research for a living, I think that'd be awesome. But hey, who knows? I mean, I'm I'm manifesting it currently. I really appreciate all the people on on Patreon that support the show and the people who support the show extracurricularly that send in donations through PayPal, Cash App, whatever it may be. I really, really, truly appreciate that. And a lot of people are super generous, like a little bit too generous, where I'm just like, all right, it's kind of creepy. But hey, I'm here for it. I love you guys. And yeah, Thomas, you want to plug anything else? We'll put the, what I'm probably going to do is a lot of these books that, you, that you're able to get, I'm probably going to do this this program where you can go on there, click the link, buy the book, and we get a kickback for it. So I'll, I'll maybe, maybe not, who cares? I'll have time to make the list. But you want to plug anything else, Thomas, before we get out of here? That's it, man. We've got, we've got plenty coming up. And we were talking about Rene Descartes. We're gonna go. We're gonna go hard into him. And I'm. I think I can. I can either change your mind or add to it uh, <laughs> that he wasn't tapping into the magical world. Like he was tapping into like a psychedelic world. I or know maybe it's what. The same thing. There you go. I know where you're going, bro. And it, it, I told you to shut up one time about it because that's how hard in the paint that it deserves. <laughs> it deserves its own episode of how hard in the paint Thomas was gonna go. And I don't think people understand how hard this episode we almost need go. like a documentary about this one because it was like a full tracing through history and having to search old newspapers and magazines and archives i had to spend good hard-earned money <laughs> on uh on institutional newspapers that i you know vehemently and morally opposed to but they've got my money now because i needed access to their old ass archives of paper that's how bro that's how they get you that's the faustian pack right there bro what are you willing to give up for this knowledge i think it was 4.99 i think i gave up 4.99 a week no no no, a month that's a month it's not that bad i think they've gotten at least 12 dollars out of me at this point (laughs) so just stay stay tuned for that we'll cover that as quickly as humanly as possible if that's even how you say it and yeah dude this was fun for those interested in these books, check them out. It's a lot of material to cover, a lot of things to talk about, and we're here for it. So cheers to a what's going to be another great year. 2023, I think, is going to really be big, dude. It's going it to only go up. It's only going to get better from here. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here, and it's thanks to those that are listening, that are watching in right now. Really appreciate you. Thanks so much. And I'll catch you guys on the other side. Bye. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.